Hi there, this is Andrew Pogue, and thanks for tuning into the Purpose Podcast. You might notice that this episode is a little different than previous ones. Due to the social distancing guidelines in place to protect our communities from the spread of COVID-19, Andrew and I were unable to meet in person for this interview or connect with a special guest today. However, we wanted to record from our homes to share an update about life, working remotely, leadership during crisis, and from our viewpoint in the staffing industry, the incredible impact of those working on the front lines to keep us safe. So we hope you're happy, healthy, and can enjoy spending a little time with us here on the podcast. And now, here's my interview with Andrew Lamores. Hello, and welcome to the Purpose Podcast with Medic CEO and author of One with Purpose, Andrew Lamores. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew Bo. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good morning to you. And that is correct. I am your trusty co-host for today and all the time here on the Purpose Podcast, Andrew Bogue. And, um, you know, I'm excited to be able to connect today uh, with our listeners and with you, Andrew, uh, virtually as uh, we work from home today. It's exciting to be on the call this morning. We've been hunkered down here for three weeks at home. And uh, I know most of the listeners have been doing the same thing. So uh, really excited to get on and talk about what's been happening, uh, not only from a from a uh, leadership perspective and a purpose perspective, but just like everyday life, Andy, things have been obviously a challenge for a lot of people, but I know that we're uh, super resilient. So happy to dis- discuss that today. Right. I mean, obviously, I would prefer to be um, in an office together and uh, connecting with you face to face. But, uh, you know, I think we're all finding a lot of uh, energy and strength through through connecting, you know, with our, our coworkers and family and friends any way we can. So um, I'm, I'm glad we have the technology to 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 connect today. So, um, you know, kind of as you alluded to our company, you know, here at Medics, we have been working from home, um, you know, with our offices across the country since, uh, you know, the middle of March uh, it, it's been now, which is shocking to me. I mean, it, it feels like longer than that and, and much shorter than that at the same time somehow. Um, but, you know, we're, we're three full weeks into uh, this sort of work from home experiment right now um, and thought it was a great time to, to reconnect and, and see how we were feeling and, and sort of go through the thought process of, of how we got to this point. So, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to start off that call today, our call today by talking with you about that point in particular, you know, shoot back three weeks ago uh, before all the developments and all that we know now. And I want to pick your brain about the decision-making process. You know, at that time, yeah. uh, you know, we, we had a, a major event happening for the company. Obviously, business was rolling along as usual. Um, and you get this information flooding in about, you know, a, a potential pandemic in the works. Um, you know, <laughs> this thing that none of us were really ready or, or, or understanding what exactly it was, coronavirus. How did you go about the decision-making process to, to shift the workforce to be, you know, what we're doing right now and, and working from home? Well, I think like every organization, it, it, you know, it, you know, you need to have a great overall team. But when you're talking about, you know, one, you, we get together one time a year as a whole company, pretty much the whole company. And, you know, our national kickoff meeting, we have a lot of people putting things together 
you know, such as our purpose event where we do something philanthropic in the community to make a difference. You know, we were, mm-hmm. we had multiple meetings regarding that. We have to, you know, rent out an entire hotel. Uh, we have to get, uh, we do our medics talks where we have four people in the company get up and do basically a TED talk. Uh, and then, and then all the speakers and all the, the events that go along with that. We had, uh, I think 300 tickets for a concert in Chicago. We were, we were on Friday night, the kind of our ending was going to be to go to a concert. So we had, we had spent a lot of money and spent a lot of time on putting this big event together. All the while, this global pandemic was kind of whispering in the background. And, and to be honest, I didn't take it all that serious right away. I, I, I thought, okay, well, you know, everybody, you know, that at that particular time, that's when people were saying things like, oh, it's just the flu. Mm-hmm. It's a different strain of the flu. It's not really that big of a deal. And in fact, my wife took it a lot more serious than I did. And I know she 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 really spent a lot of time getting the house organized from a from a, a, a you know grocery. She ordered masks, and I thought, boy, oh boy, you know, I'll just kind of leave that one alone because she's taking this a little too far. But you know, it, it, so so as a business leader, when you when you make an make a um, decision to shut down an event like that after you spent thousands of dollars. Um, something has to be going on. And I, and, and I just, I just think that, that when you have really clear identified values and purpose, it kind of guides you. And so I think really that's what happened, you know, for us as a, as an organization at that time, we had, we had a lot of discussions. We were watching the news. We were watching things kind of unfold. We saw a few things cancel. And then more than that, I think we 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 wanted to be a first mover from a purpose perspective. You know, first and foremost, if your core purpose is to positively impact lives, and then you're going to get everybody on an airplane and fly them from all over the country to Chicago, I think that you know that to us was was an uncomfortable decision, considering other organizations that were canceling or considering canceling. I mean, I ca- I called. Mm-hmm a bunch of different leaders that were running either events or, or, or um, conferences like this. And some of them were, no, we're full speed ahead. We're going to do our event. And then others were, we're not sure we're probably going to cancel. And sure enough, almost every single one of them canceled. Some, some of them canceled, you know, some of the, like the concert we were going to go to canceled the day of. So, I think, uh, you know, I think that all the people, you know, HR, legal, um, the field, um, we're so close as an organization. I know we had some emails from, um, you know, from some spouses. Um, so in being in the healthcare, we, we got a, we got a heads up pretty quick from a lot of people that we're connected to. So, um, yeah, it's a very tough decision, especially right. We're, 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 we're a corporation, right. When, when a company usually spends lots of money like they want to move ahead on the event and so you know we're gonna we're gonna definitely take a haircut but it was the right thing to do yeah and i i you know i think that's something that um, i appreciate hearing and 
you know, I, I think is important when it comes down to decision making like this is to be driven by something, you know, other than just the, the bottom line in a situation like this. And I think a lot of organizations had to make those tough decisions and say, OK, well, what what's most important here? Um, and like you said, tying it back to that core of, hey, is this is this really positively impacting lives if we just push ahead with this event? Um, and, you know, yeah. obviously it was just terrible timing, you know, for that particular event. But when you take a step back now, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and we look back three weeks and go, well, of course, of course we had yeah. to cancel it. Um, but, you know, when you're making those wow. decisions in the moment, it's much more difficult. And I know I was in a similar boat where I was like, really, is this, is this as big as we're making it out to seem? And and now obviously any question about that seems silly in hindsight, but you, you, you don't know in the moment. And, yeah. you know, like you said, it's, it is important to, to have, you know, something that's at your core as a company driving that decision-making process and, you know, that strong team um, around you that that has the expertise in, in a variety of areas to pull it all together and say, no, you know, with all things considered, this is the right course of action to take. So, um, you know, that was kind of the big splash, right, at the beginning of all this for our organization to say, okay, we're shutting down this event. Um, and that, that I feel like sort of sent shockwaves through our company um, as far as like, this is real and this is happening. Um, but you know, obviously it went beyond just any single event because we shut down the event and sort of right after that, we transition our whole workforce uh, to working remotely and, you know, trying to put together work from home. We, we had some work from home opportunities before that. Um, and, and, you know, I know I had the chance to work from home, you know, a few times per month, but, you know, this is the first time that our workforce and many workforces went such a wide scale of, of working remotely and, and piecing that together. So obviously that comes with a lot of challenges. Um, so, you know, now, you know, that we've yeah. been doing so for a few weeks here, can, can you speak to some of the challenges that, that you've had um, in transitioning, you know, from, from leading a workforce, from being in the office, from traveling to now having this all be a, a remote virtual workforce? Yeah. I, I you know, the excuse I used to make, around allowing people to work remote was that from a culture perspective, how do we show up for each other? How do we show up for each other? And how do we create a culture when, when everybody's, you know, working remote? And so that was the excuse that I kind of, I kind of used. So when we made a decision to do it, you know, first and foremost, I'll say that, you know, we spent a lot of time because of, some pieces of our business were were spread out throughout the country. There was a lot of folks already working with each other across the country from a from a remote perspective. So I think that 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 helped. I think we had some virtual boards that we had already put together that you know we were using not all the time, but we had that that kind of built up. And the, and the other thing that I'll say from a, from an IT perspective, our internal IT group, I think really prepared us without knowing that they prepared us the way we kind of shifted to, um, you know, everybody had, you know, Google Chromebooks and everybody could just take, take their stuff and just go home and basically, 
you know, turn on and just go to work. There was a lot of things that, that, you know, I look back and there's a lot of decisions and things that were done a while back that allowed us just to pick up and go home. I think that one of the key things that we did was we said, hey, we're going to be in a lot of meetings. We're going to do a lot of stuff. We're going to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of metrics and KPIs and, and, and dashboards. And, and obviously we all work within one software system. So from a tracking perspective, you know, it's not hard to see whether anybody's working or, you know, it's not hard to tell if people are online doing their thing. So, and I don't think we're playing big brother. I don't think we're really doing that, but I think people are aware and know kind of how that works. And more than that, I think people are just excited to turn on their camera and see someone. I mean, we're all locked in the house. So um, the only time you're leaving is to put on a mask and gloves and go to the grocery store and, and you know, stock up with, with whatever, with, with what you have to get. And you come home and, and like you said before, you've been working out of kind of the same area for three weeks. So when you get on Zoom, when you get on Zoom and you're able to see people, you know it's it's terrific. So we kind of mandated that. We said, hey, if you're going to be on a call, you know, let's do it, you know, face to face. And obviously, some people have situations where they can't necessarily, you know, always be on camera, and we and, and we get that. But you know, we've we've kind of pushed that from an accountability perspective. Um, and I think that the trust. You know, I want I want to kind of go there for a second, Andy, because I think that the trust that's been built up in our company, and and the vulnerability that's been built up in the company over the years, it's allowed us to kind of be um, super transparent with what's going on, how we're feeling, and I'm just not talking about myself. I'm just talking about like everybody in the organization for the most part have they have lifelines and people to talk to so 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 it's been it's been an easy transition from that perspective it's not been easy for anybody across the country across the globe we have people in paris france i mean we're used to working with them over zoom and skype and whatnot so you know that's been pretty normal of a transition but but it's it's been it's been difficult it's been difficult now because people are, um, you know, wanting. Some people I've talked to that want to get back to the office. They want, they kind of want to get away from, you know, working remote and whatnot. And other people found like, boy, I didn't realize how productive I could be because our team has done amazing thus far. They've done really amazing. Sure. I mean, I I feel like I go back and forth between those two feelings uh, almost on a daily basis, right? Where I'm like, oh yeah. I love being squirreled away in my little side office and I can just, you know, work throughout the day. And there are other days where it's just, oh, I I just wish I was in the office and, you know, seeing everyone's face and and interacting, um, you know, as as closely as we used to be. And, you know, I do think that there is there is a benefit to having. Um, you know, the, the video features that, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to, to have today to connect with people and, and see them, you know, face to face still in a way um, in their home setting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I do think that is an important point that you make that it's there's a little bit of a, of a leap of faith, right, that goes into, um, you know, having a, a fully remote workforce 
and um, you know not having everyone in in one place and and knowing that they're you know still going to be able to to work at a high level. Um, yeah, I think, and it sounds I think like there's a combination there, right? Of of having trust and then also having a way to to keep track of of the impact being made, right? Yeah, and and, and I I think that some some leaders needed this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying we needed a global pandemic to realize it, but you needed, oh, yeah. you needed, needed a chance to, to, to see how this, this, this would, would allow your team to, you know, succeed from a, from a remote perspective. You know, I, I, the, the, there's a couple of points I want to kind of throw in here, Andy, that I was thinking about as you were talking, you know, I, the, the whole remote thing, there's a lot of pieces that go into that that we're not discussing and, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of leaving by the wayside because you even talk to a lot of remote workers today and they don't have their kids at home. You know, there's, there's some people that we have that have worked remote, but their kids leave in the morning, come back at three, four o'clock after school. And, and it's just them at home all day. Mm-hmm. Really the big change for, for everybody has been managing, you know, you know, you know, Bobby and Betty at home. You know, you got two little kids, and they might be two and six. I talked to, uh, um, I talked to a contact that we have, and she told me, you know, as a mom, you know, I'm I'm used to working at home, and, and this is kind of how my job is. But I have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old, and usually there's a different situation. My uh, four-year-old and six-year-old are gone for most of the day, and I have a rhythm with the two-year-old, so it's it's pretty much fine. Now I have all three of them at home all day, and I'm expe- I'm expected to be on and working. And I think that dynamic is very difficult because you have the refrigerator open, you know, you have someone that wants you know wants to go in the you know basement, you have another kid that wants to go in the backyard, jump on the trampoline, and you're you you might have five, six, seven zoom calls in a row that is that's not necessarily an easy thing to manage especially if your your spouse is a healthcare worker and they're not at home because we've seen that with a lot of the people that we've placed uh, around the country so from that aspect um, it's been difficult and even if you have older kids and they're independent what I can tell you is like they might have questions about their homework uh, they might want to go for a bike ride. They want, you know, there's so many things that you have to manage right now because of social distancing. You can't just let, you can't just tell your kid who's 13, hey, see you later, just get on your bike and go. There's a whole different dynamic around working remote right now. It's not just like, hey, what do you think about, you know, the remote workforce? There's a totally different dynamic happening at home right now with with all sorts of families. Sure. And, you know, I'm on a much different level. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that a little bit with my dog. I feel like he, he's kind of sick of me being home already. He's like, ah, come on, man. I'm just, just trying to nap all day here. And you're just, you're just killing my vibe, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. You know, there, are, everyone has a different challenge based on um, their particular setup and, you know, their, their family unit at home. And it's, it's a lot to, to balance and, you know, I, I know that you've sort of brushed at the idea of, um, you know, work-life balance in the past. Um, you know, this thought that, oh, well, there's this perfect, 
you know, even keel that you can find between, you know, the work you do and then the life you lead outside of the office. And I think that uh, the last few weeks weeks have really shown a spotlight onto that, right? As, as we're literally mashing up uh, work and family life in the same space, uh, as, as you know, like you said, you're, you're holding Zoom calls and you've, you've got the kids in the hallway right next door and uh, you're sniffing another in, in uh, the other room down the hall. And it's just, it is uh, definitely, you know, more of, more of, a, of a challenge trying to, to bring those worlds together. Right. You know, the whole, the whole idea of work-life balance, you know, Harry Kramer, who has a book from values to action. I remember he came in and, and spoke to our company many years ago, and I have his book on my desk every day. It's been kind of a guide for me throughout this throughout this uh, pandemic of keeping, you know, keeping myself balanced, having the idea of self reflection, um, genuine humility, and things of that nature. And he talks about the four principles of of, of value based leadership in that particular book. But one of the things I remember him talking about is you have a hundred, you have 168 hours in a week. You know, what do you, what are you going to do with the 168? So you have to sleep, you're going to work, you have your children, you have maybe, you know, some boards or activities that you're a part of. Now you're not, now, now you're making choices of where you're spending the 168 hours. And it's, for me, this whole idea of work life balance, if there's a, there's not a complete split, I think it's life balance. And you have to really determine where you're, you're spending the 168. And right now, most of us are spending that 168 at home. And and just like you and I before this call, I said, hey, can you hold for a second? I had to you know, yell upstairs to my wife. You know, I took one of the dogs out. I didn't take one of the other dogs out. You know, I fed the dogs, you know, and and, you know, we have, you know, you know, we have some, you know, different things going on with the kids everything's kind of blurred right now. Yeah. I mean, you're putting, you're, you're putting a call on hold because the kids are yelling in the other room. I mean, it, it is absolutely, you know, absolutely, you know, crazy. And then you turn on the news and over 70 people passed away in Chicago yesterday of coronavirus. I think the highest, um, you know, total uh, since this whole thing started. And so there's a lot of craziness going on. And from, you know, from a stress and mental health perspective, when we talk about work-life balance or life balance, the thing that I'm not doing that everybody says you need to do, you need to figure out a schedule. You really need to force yourself to be in the schedule. And I'm on a schedule, but it's not a good schedule. And so um, the, the people that have been disciplined around, you know, a bedtime and getting up in the morning and working out, and making sure that, you know, you have structured environments. I, I love hearing about all the stories of people saying, oh, my, you know, my kids are cooking and, 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 you know, in our house, we're doing this thing. My house is a complete mess right now. When, when I say that, I don't mean that, um, you know, from a clutter perspective. I mean that from, from the standpoint of, you know, I have a 17-year-old uh, almost 15 year old and a almost 13 year old. And so they have different things that they're doing. And, 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 you know, one of those things, uh, uh, is, is Netflix and video games, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, so, you know, what, what is the bedtime? You know, what is the bedtime? You know, are you going to be that strict right now? 
These kids are locked up all day. They can't see friends. They can't do anything, you know. So we've been a little bit more lenient. Um, should we should we be a little bit more strict? Probably when you have little kids and you can really organize that structure, totally different. Um, and then if it's just if it's just a couple, right? In in a in a condo downtown in downtown Chicago, there's a totally different rhythm also because you know, where you would go to work every day, like you could probably talk about, and then you come back and see each other. Like, hey, where are we going out to dinner tonight? Or what are we doing? And right. that, has, that, that dynamic has completely changed. You could easily find yourself at 1030 at night saying, hey, do you want to throw on, you know, throw on a movie right now? Yeah. And it's just, you know, and that next thing you know, it's 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So I think, you know, I just think this whole work-life balance thing has been completely turned inside out. And and people that are winning right now from, from, have been just super disciplined around, you know, their behaviors and, and kind of what they've been doing. You know, we've been touching on some of the challenges that, that our workforce, you know, at Medix and, you know, you and I individually have been feeling as, as we shift our work from, from the office setting to, to connecting virtually. Um, but, you know, kind of as you alluded to as well, you know, the, the bigger issues that um, the healthcare community are dealing with are, are so much bigger um, than any of the challenges we might be facing right now. And, you know, I think this is a, a good opportunity to, to talk about some of them because, you know, as a, as a staffing uh, group that has worked within healthcare and, you know, directly with a lot of these roles, um, you know, as, as a leader of our organization, you, you've seen a lot of these stories, um, you know, firsthand and, and we're, we're getting a lot of insight into what's going on in the front lines and what these healthcare workers um, are having to handle. So, um, you know, taking a step back from our internal changes and sort of how our workforce is adapting, what, what are you seeing from a, a staffing perspective as far as, you know, how the healthcare community is responding um, and and what the you know sort of front line is looking like um, as as we look ahead to to the coming weeks and months. Yeah, I mean it's just everybody. I, you've seen all these videos from people clapping in Italy from their from their apartment balconies to other parts of the country putting uh, lights or illuminating uh, um, um, candles or, or putting candles on the front doorstep to honor the healthcare workers that are out doing what they're doing. So I think people realize and respect that the job that our healthcare community, and we say healthcare workers, we can't forget custodial and, 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 you know, health and safety. For sure. And, 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 and you know, all of the, 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 the ancillary and support because a lot of, a lot of how the first thing that you need is is a clean hospital. Yeah. First thing you need is a clean hospital. First thing you need is a clean everything to be able to start. Oh, and by the way, it needs to be maintained and kept clean. So there's so many facets that go into this frontline um, workforce that, you know, I think about it. And, you know, part of this mindset is getting the chance to work with healthcare workers Every single day, we we staff out different types of healthcare workers around the country. Not only healthcare, but you think of biopharma, med device, and clinical research, and things of that nature. You know, we have workers out, you know, helping support creating uh, the tests that are going to be used for COVID. We have people out there working on different types of of of, of things that 
you know, that, that can help us, you know, it, you know, come September, October, November, when this thing supposedly might rear its ugly head again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's, it's absolutely amazing uh, what they're doing every day. I can share with you a few stories. I can tell you uh, about a, a couple who is, um, you know, is, is expecting their second child. And both of these individuals are doctors. And so um, being ER doctors, they're going into the emergency room every day, seeing a, a variety of patients and they have a, a son that stays with their parents who are in their 70s. So if you can imagine their daily routine is they go into healthcare, they, they, go, they go into uh, the facility, they work, they go home. Before they get into the house, they have to take off their clothes in the garage, you know, put them in a bag or whatever they exa- exactly do with their clothes. They have to shower, they have to get cleaned up, they get gloves on, they get another mask on, they go to their parents' house, they get their child, and this was in the first couple of weeks. Since then, they might not they might not even be going to get their kid. There's a lot of healthcare workers have have taken their their children and have put them with family so they can just focus because they don't want to uh, uh, spread the germs. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we have nurses, you know, men and women across the country who have to come home every night to a spouse and children. And they've been working on the front lines every single day. And and it's a little bit scary. We had, you know, the first mortality of a child happened here in Chicago. And, and it was it was it was super scary. Uh, and we hear different types of examples of that every single day. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm praying for the best for for best outcome for for uh, this to get done as soon as possible. And our healthcare workers can go back to this to the normal crazy stuff that they see every day. Right. The normal because we don't we don't talk about the crazy stuff they see anyway every single day. Um, we're talking about it now. And unfortunately, all that other crazy stuff is still happening alongside this global pandemic. Yeah, not an easy job to begin with. Um, and then this this whole catastrophe is just a, a whole nother level um, of, of difficulty to be faced with. So, you know, I, I think the, the big takeaway I have. Um, from all of this and, you know, having, having the privilege to, to support um, those essential workers who are, are still going in day in and day out to, to see us through um, this pandemic um, is that, you know, the, the difficulties I may be running into um, with a Wi-Fi connection in, in my apartment or, you know, trying, trying to balance my day or, you know, dealing with a, a grocery store run um, pale in comparison uh, to, to what our you know healthcare workers and like you said all this, the support staff and other essential um, employees out there are, are having to handle um, you know every single day. Yeah, yeah. So 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 the the uh, the reminders we get every single day of you know that this is going on. Uh, we we actually don't. A lot of us don't really have it that bad. You know, being at home. And we should be we should be absolutely thankful for what we you know what we have going on, you know I have I have friends right now that you know that are in a one bedroom apartment, and they and they you know they can't leave and so you know you think about that and then I spoke with a teacher yesterday who's teaching children over Zoom, and they're starting those te- same teachers 
you know, they're getting kids online as much as they can. And now they're seeing their home situations in the background kind of unfold. Mm. And there's not just the family unit, you know, at my house, you know, my dad, my dad stays with us, you know, half of the year, but my dad is 86 years old coming up here and he's, he's living in Greece. Um, that's where we're from originally. So that's where he is. Um, but right now it's just me, my wife and my three kids at our house, a lot, you know, a lot of what's going on, a lot of the teachers that, you know, that I've, that I'm friends with, that I've, I've talked to said, you know, you find out that there's two and three families living together, uh, a couple families living together and, and, and not a lot of room. And so, you know, I think about that from an education perspective right now with, with, with our country and what's going on. And it's just so hard. What, you know, how are you going to grade these kids? How are they going to, you know, how are they going to be able to study? How there's, you know, not all things are created equal when you're talking about education and, um, uh, and healthcare and whatnot. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's been a lot of reflection for me personally, as a leader, uh, going into this, living with this, and then coming out, there's a lot of crazy things that, you know, that, that are happening and being exposed right now that hopefully coming out of this, we'll be able to, you know, make some changes and, and live a little bit differently to, you know, to positively impact more lives. Well, and I think that, you know, we, we keep hearing echoes of this, the same sentiment that, you know, essentially, unfortunately, there, there was no playbook for this, right? We, we were not no. sure of, of how these things are going to change. And, you know, going, going back to remote work, we were not, you know, sure how that would look, you know, uh, wide scale. The response to a pandemic like this is completely different. And now, you know, balancing the home life with it as well. You know, we're, we're all kind of piecing this together as we go along. And that's why, like you said, sort of reflecting on how we got here is important and looking ahead um, is also going to be important as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you know, we can kind of continue these conversations as well um, and make sure that, you know, we're, we're checking in and, and just seeing, you know, uh, how, how we're noticing work changing and leadership changing um, as we all kind of figure this out and, and piece together the next steps. Um, but, you know, I wanted to kind of leave us on, on, on a lighter note, uh, make sure that, you know, we were uh, sharing a little bit of the the variety that we're bringing to our our work from home lives right now. So, um, you know, I know everyone's seemingly getting into different activities um, and ways to keep busy around the house. So, I, I wanted to check in with you. Uh, ha- have you picked up any new hobbies, or are you doing anything uh, different with the family to uh, to keep entertained these days? Yeah, you know, I I think I've gotten more joy out of out of seeing you know, some of the things that have unfolded at my house with my kids. So my daughter, I've seen her, you know, paint more. Uh, she picked up the ukulele and guitar and started strumming on that. Thank God for her dance program that she's a part of. They do dance every, every day over Zoom. That, so that keeps her busy. And then obviously, you know, she has homework. And, you know, I, I've, I've loved seeing, you know, her cook also. In fact, you know, my son, my middle son, um, and, and my daughter have done some, some fun, you know, I've seen them out on a basketball court shooting baskets together. I've seen them, you know, make cookies. Um, so, you know, I, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed seeing, you know, my kids and my, you know, my older son is, you know, he's a little bit older, he's 17, but he's been in a routine, um, you know, and really focused on, you know, kind of his goal 
you know, of, of making sure that he's prepared for the, you know, his last high school football season and, you know, what maybe lies beyond, you know, for him. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, more than, you know, more than, you know, picking up any hobbies, it's, it's support, you know, supporting and balancing, you know, with my wife at home on, on things that we need to get done in the house. Um, and, and so uh, I haven't picked up any hobbies. I've been, you know, all in on, um, I've been all in on, on work. And I think, you know, my business coach told me, you know, a piece of advice. He said, right now, you know, it's, it's really a time where you have to kind of, you know, buckle down and make sure that, you know, this, this thing is, this thing is a seven day a week deal. Every company has, and is going to have challenges throughout this and decisions that they're going to have to make. So I would, I would, the advice that, you know, I would give business leaders right now from a, from a, you know, you know, I guess not so much a hobby perspective, Andy, but a um, self-reflection, you know, do the core values of your organization match what you got going on right now? Are you behaving in those ways? From a, from a core purpose, why does your company exist? And if you can self-reflect right now and, and, and think about your core purpose and core values, and 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 how you want to be viewed or looked at as an organization, you know, going into this and coming out of this, you know, I think about that a lot, and so you know, I feel very blessed that, you know, as a, as a company, we've been we've spent a lot of time in that world before this, so so I think it's you know, you know, so we're you know we're ready for adversity, and and so. You know, I think that, that I'm super excited. I, I haven't picked up any 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 fun fun hobbies, or you know, uh, I want to get better at the harmonica. I guess <laughs> that's that's the one thing that I want to do. But uh, I've been finding myself talking to the dogs more uh, and taking a lot more walks with my wife. So you know, that that's it on my end. And you know, um, you know, I hope you're uh, doing some Second City uh, Saturday Night Live skits at home are you doing any of that stuff um not yet uh similar <laughs> in boat as you i'm not i'm not really diving too deep into the hobbies um i will say my dog's instagram has never had uh more posts i think he's really really building a, a community of followers now um but I, I i like that um that thought from you you know it's it's a lot more of just um a time for reflection and reframing and, and really uh, thinking deeply about uh, the, the things that you're doing um, with your work, with your career, and, um, you know, just how you're approaching uh, those people who are important to you in, in your life. So I think it's uh, an important time to be doing all that. Yeah, and, and, and I think that one good thing for our listeners is to remember, hey, it's National Stress Awareness Month, and it's National Humor Month. And so how I kind of put those two things up in the air is say okay one of them the stress thing is the eeyore and on the right the humor thing is tigger and so reminding yourself every morning do i want to be an eeyore or do i want to be a tigger you're going to find yourself stressed out throughout times like this obviously so so if you can just channel your inner tigger every single day because there's going to be stuff that 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 is absolutely going to stress you out from a mental health perspective this is an absolute crazy time. And I think it's really super healthy to find a place where you can self-reflect, 
you can put a smile on your face um, and try to create a the best possible environment for for yourself for your family for others that you're dealing with right now throughout this whole thing you know back before we know it we're going to be back to work and the and the highways are going to be uh, full and and you know we're going to be beeping on the highway because someone cut you off and and that's going to be our problem again. We're going to, we're going to solve this. There's more computing power today working on this than anything ever before. So we will solve this. We're going to solve it fast. And and I'm excited for us to get back to um the the, the normal opportunities that all of us face each and every day and uh, I hope everybody listening uh is super healthy, um is doing everything they can to take care of themselves, mind, body and in spirit. Well, I know if there's uh, anything that counts as self-care for me, it's having these conversations with you, Andrew. So, um, again, I'm glad we could reconnect today uh, virtually and, and and talk about what's been going on. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get a call together again soon and uh, check back in after a little bit more time passes here. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Purpose Podcast with Andrew Lamoris. For more information about this podcast, our blog, and Andrew's book, check out PurposefulCEO.com.